everybody. Welcome back to the Music Buds podcast. This is episode number 39, and my name is Henry. This week, I'm honored to be joined by composer Anne Nicotin, known for her recent work on the Netflix series Fate, The Wink Saga, as well as the uh, David Bowie biopic Stardust, The Pale Horse, the Agatha Christie miniseries, and one of my favorite films, American Animals. Uh, and so, Anne, thank you so much for taking the time to talk. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. No problem. Um, well, how's life, first of all, for you? Oh, it's okay. Thank you. Trying to cope with the, the stresses of work and mm. homeschooling and lockdown and all of that, yeah. but yeah. muddling by. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I guess just kind of kicking things off, how is it that you got started uh, with music? Was being a, a composer something you had always had interest in? Yeah. Um. Ever since I can remember, I've wanted to write music and be involved with music in some way. Um, but I never really anticipated having a career in music um, until I was sort of at university age, I guess. Um, and so I just, uh, I always had piano lessons and did really well in music. You know, my music lessons at school, just re really loved them, I should say. I was passionate mm. about them. I had some amazing teachers who really... Um, helped me to excel in that area and uh, then when I got to university I was doing an English degree and I kept looking at the music kids going to their music department and and really missing it and really craving to do harmony and all those crazy things uh, mm -hmm. so I um, finished my English and I went into music and it was a very uh, avant-garde kind of course in uh, in composition which I totally loved um but at the end of it i decided i wanted to go into film music yeah. so then i moved to london because that that was happening in canada um i moved to london and i went into film music yeah was uh before that was film music something you had you know when you would watch movies tv shows was was that something that you were kind of consciously aware of or was it more so just the actual process of making the music that kind of drew you to that I wasn't really aware of film music as certainly as a career choice until my late teens. Um, but I, you know, I guess I always heard it and it seeped in. And then as I became older and more aware of it, I thought actually maybe this is something I'd like to do because um, through my love of English literature and storytelling, I thought um, I could marry the two disciplines. I thought, you know, storytelling and music equals film. And yeah. so that's what I wanted to do. And um, of, of course, we can talk about a, a lot of different things, but this the, the new show, Fate, the Wink Saga uh, on Netflix, which I mean, is such a cool show. I mean, it's like this kind of magical kind of fairy tale. I mean, it has so many different, almost like an X-Men vibe in, in some ways. How did you get involved with that, that project? Because it, it seems like it would be such an interesting one to be a part of. It was, and I was ecstatic, um, you know, when I landed that job because it was ex exactly the type of series I wanted to do and I thought I could have fun with the music. I got onto that because I'd worked with the music supervisor before on a film called Four Kids and It, which is a kid's fantasy series, and he just thought I'd be right for this one. So he recommended me to Brian Young, who's the creator of Fate the Wink Saga, mm. And it just happened really quickly. I hopped on a call with Brian and we hit it off really well. Um, we, you know, just got on, we were just laughing a lot and shared the same 
a vision for the for the music for his show. He told me all about it, and I was coming up with ideas. Um, and then I wrote some themes for him, and he really seemed to like them. And then that was it. And then I I was on board quite early in the process, which was great because I felt like a real part of the team um, right from the beginning. And I yeah. could tell that Brian took music very seriously and really wanted me to be involved all the time. So we we were in at least weekly uh, chats throughout the whole process. Oh, cool. Uh, and, you know, one thing with, with this kind of show is there are so many, so many different characters, so many different styles. Um, when you're making the music, are you like doing specific themes or st- styles for certain characters or is it more so a broader scope to try and do, do the mu- music for? Yeah. Well, at the beginning, and um, when I was sketching out the, the initial ideas, I did think about uh, the main character Bloom's theme and what she would, what kind of sounds I could th- imagine for her, for her power, especially she's the, she has the power of fire. And then alongside of that, I was just thinking about general atmospheric music. You know, um, what did I want the music to be for this other world that Brian had created? And, mm. um, you know, and, and then, uh, what are the themes for the other characters? So the other characters came later. So once I'd established what this other world sound was going to be and everybody seemed to be on board with that, then I could become a bit more detailed and go into each character's theme. And because they each have a a power, specific power, I I wanted them to have a specific theme. So it's not like they have these, you know, you're not always going to hear it, but sometimes there are little nuggets of themes that you could just hear floating in and out when they're on screen. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I think that comes through because it, and I think it would be an interesting process as you were just describing where kind of once you have the the groundwork, you kind of have a pretty open palette for the creation process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what was fun about the score uh, is that it wasn't your sort of typical fairy tale magic. Um, you know, it was touted as Harry Potter, a sort of darker <laughs> Harry Potter uh, right. series, but we definitely didn't want to go down that sort of, you know, the, that beautiful John Williams um, kind of score. Uh, we wanted something that was a bit more gritty and a bit more urban in places and something that could also complement the commercial tracks that were being put into the show. Mm. which uh, are very of the now, you know, um, they wanted something that was at least uh, not more than sort of six months old and something that the kids now could relate to. So right. my school had to sort of touch on, on that as well. Yeah. And, uh, and when you're, do- when you're doing this, where is it that you're, I guess, for lack of a better word, drawing inspiration from, do you, do you listen to much music? Uh, in general, or are you kind of just drawing from a variety of different places, if if that makes sense? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of both, actually. So um, if I'm really stuck, I will definitely scroll through soundtracks and other music, you know, um, rock music, classical music. You know, if I have to use certain synth beats, I'll listen to a lot of um, tracks with those kind of sounds just to try and get my head around uh, all the different genres. And just to be inspired and it's, uh, you know, it's really important to listen and just sort of let yourself go and be inspired. And then suddenly you'll, you'll be in the shower and go, oh yeah, this is what I've got to come up with. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, which is a cliche, but it always happens. 
Um, and so, and then, um, and then other times it'll just come quite naturally. I'll just watch something and I'll suddenly hear it and, uh, and not have that writer's block. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and I mean, any, you would, you were just talking about it, but so are, are you typically like when you're like, you know, in the studio making the music, does it happen all that often when you're outside and just everyday life and music comes to you, you might just be at the grocery store or something. And do you ever get yeah. cues, cues in your head? Like, Oh, that might be, might be interesting. I might try that. <laughs> totally all the time. And I think um, part of the composition process is taking that time to get away from your studio mm-hmm. and go and live your life and take a walk around the block. And because I find that when your brain relaxes and, and the, the, the shower cliche is real because mm. you are so relaxed in the shower yeah. walking around that that is when the um the thoughts come to me so i always have my little well i've got my phone on me but i've got my app now and i always sing i pretend i'm on the phone so i don't look weird on the street oh, yeah. and i kind of like hum <laughs> hum my ideas into it but it, it really helps yeah, yeah i mean it's all part of work taking a walk honestly is work <laughs> oh yeah yeah for sure well yeah, and I mean that show is great. And then also uh, with uh, this recent David Bowie biopic, Stardust. Um, you know, like when that was announced, it was just so exciting because I mean I I, I love David Bowie, and as I'm sure you know, you know many do, and I feel like there might be a lot of pressure coming into that project. I mean, obviously he's a you know legendary figure. What was the process like for you getting uh, on that film or doing doing the music for that film? Yeah, I mean, that that was scary, <laughs> definitely <laughs> scary when I got the call for that one. Um, uh, I, I had a lot of conversations with the director and Johnny Flynn as well, who plays David Bowie. We met up together a few times and really discussed what we wanted out of the music. And um, we decided we didn't want to pastiche any of Bowie's music because that would just sound really awful. <laughs> and... Um, you know, I, I'm, I really like and respect David Bowie. And the more I've gotten to understand his music and read about him and watch him, he's just an incredible legend. Yeah. But I'm not one of those crazy Uber fans where I know sure. every single song and every single chord. And I think that really helped because it meant then that I could distance myself from that and not um, unwittingly pastiche it. You know, I, I could, um, you know, I could sort of stay away from that quite naturally which was beneficial, I think. And um, Johnny Flynn came over and we tampered with some ideas and tried to sort of stay away and captivate that era still, but not in a David Bowie pastiche way. Yeah, yeah, that's a good good way of putting it because I feel like while someone, you know, who might be a a diehard fan, in a sense, they could do a a good job in a way, but also they may be just too close to the material to really like in a sense, give it justice or, you know, you know, give it the uh, ob- objective uh, style that it may need. Yeah, that's that was my thinking anyway, because um, I imagine if I did something about the cure, I would just be mm. pastiching the cure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it was a really fun project to work on. And, and I thought it was a really interesting snippet into a young Bowie's life um, on this road trip he went on. And it sort of reminded me of what it's like to be a young struggling artist that, you know, no one wants to listen to it. And you forget that these megastars started from somewhere and had so much rejection to, mm-hmm. to begin with and contend with. And 
and how do you fight those demons and how do you pick yourself up? And I think this um, maybe really showed that part of him. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And with that being said, um, with you having, you know, done this for quite some time now, have you, has the process changed or has your perspective changed on either your, yourself creating music or, or the industry itself? Have you, have you noticed anything different uh, mentality wise? Um, I'm not sure about the industry really. Um, I mean, actually they're accepting more women now, which is an, a whole other conversation, yeah, but I've sure. definitely noticed that in uh, the last five years, it's, it's been quite phenomenal. Um, and, and a very positive thing, especially in Hollywood with the bigger budget films. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of my own uh, my own position as a composer, um, definitely I've things have changed as I've gotten older and more experienced. I was incredibly um, self conscious when I was starting out, and uh, I just remember the first few jobs I was on when I would have to play my music in the edit suite. And right. I just wanted to cringe. I just <laughs> wanted to leave the room. I really hated everyone listening to my music and me being in the spotlight suddenly. And then, and then they have to make a judgment call right there and then. And that's just the worst. Oh man, yeah. So I've gotten used to that now. I think I've become, you know, more used to people listening there and 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 the knocks as well, um, and not taking it personally when directors want changes and. Um, you know, working very closely with directors and, and having more confidence to give them my ideas as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one thing that uh, I've noticed with really so many of these projects that you've worked on is they're really always very layered. I feel like there are so many interesting ideas, whether it's the, the uh, Stardust or, or Fate or um, like the Pale Horse, for example, the, the Agatha Christie series. It, I feel that having that complexity, not only as a viewer, it's interesting, but also I would feel like as a, as an artist, you know, creating the music, that would be very stimulating as well. No, you're absolutely right. And I think it's those little layers that we like to, um, peel, unpeel. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and yeah, no, it helps with the music as well. Um, giving the music a bit more complexity and density and, and being able to come up with something that's a bit more bold, maybe not just your bog standard um, sound that everyone's heard. I think when the program is like that, it lends itself to a more um, uh, interesting score, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, and with the, the pale horse, like I've, it's again, it's another kind of legendary, you know, coming from legendary author and um, is, and that's it's so it's I mean it's it's only a, a few episodes but it's so intense and there it's so it has that kind of nail biting suspense and and your music really adds to that it has that very it, it doesn't overtake the the story because obviously the the story itself is already so dramatic. Hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. It is it is very intense the entire story and um, I I just loved working on that. It was a great team and I just thought it was beautifully shot and acted and just sumptuous I just uh, really couldn't take my eyes off the screen and so that was a real treat to work on Um, and and with the music again there were lots of layers um, not only trying to uncover the mystery of what's going on and capture the atmosphere but there was also the the um, the witch's side so you had that sort of otherworldly part of it which I really Mm. loved um, experimenting with I was using vocals for that one um, and then also capturing the period as well a little bit without writing 
traditional period music for it. I was trying to delve into that world. Yeah. Um, and do you find with um, like an Agatha Christie story or with uh, with Fate that have these quite big fan bases? Is the the does the pressure ever seep into your mind when you're doing music, or are you, are you able to just kind of block all that outside elements out and just do the work regardless of what project it is? Yeah, I usually block it out because um, you also never know how it's going to be received, and you know you. You you just don't know, and I just mm. think it doesn't. That doesn't matter. I've, I've just got to make the best program I can make, the best music I can make for it, and work with this team um, to come up with you know to come up with the goods. And then um, if it does well, that's great. And, and then with Fate, you know, there, there was the pressure of having the animated Netflix series on which it's based, mm-hmm. um, but. You know, I decided early on to just to stay away from that because it is a very different beast. Um, yeah. It's the, the new ones, a lot darker. It's for a different audience, uh, an older audience. And so I didn't want to uh, lean on the animated series for that. Yeah. Um, and uh, also, I mean, I, I mentioned it at the beginning, but American Animals uh, from a, a couple of years ago, I, I wanted to make sure to tell you that that film I uh I talked about it with my co-host on the film podcast that I, I do. And we are just absolutely through the roof about it. And like oh. we, and we've, you know, we have brought it up so many times. It's just kind of a, it, it really stuck with us. And so I just wanted to tell you like with, and your music being very much a part of it, like we really connected with that movie and it really, really left an impact on us. Oh, that's so great. That's yeah. so nice. I'll tell yeah. Bart. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, yeah. And, uh, uh, with you having you know done a lot of different projects over the years, are you someone who enjoys watching movies, TV shows on your downtime? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do love watching movies and, and shows when when it is downtime because when it <laughs> when it's not downtime, it's almost impossible. But yeah, um, yeah, and and sadly, I've sort of stopped listening to music because mm. I'm so involved with music every day, and I have to listen to my own stuff. Sadly all day every day for hours on end Mm. that at the end of the day I just want quiet um so I've been missing listening to music and sort of losing that passion because I was so um in love with bands and music and you know listening to it constantly um but television and film is different I can just sit there and relax and watch it (laughs) and uh and decompress yeah yeah uh and and you you mentioned it earlier um with in terms of getting involved with whatever project it is how, how does it usually start um for for example like with fate or with american animals are you getting a script first or are you seeing footage of something or does it really change every single time yeah it changes every single time um for american animals because i'd worked with bart before on on his film the imposter he we knew we were going to work together and he sent me the script uh, before it was even finished, so I could have an idea of what he was up to. And we had very early meetings about the type of music um, he wanted and the type of commercial music he really wanted as well. Um, and then I started sketching ideas before he'd even gone to shoot the the film. And I'd say 50% of them stuck and became the main themes, and then the other 50 got chucked out. But that's uh, that's very common. Yeah. Um, 
And also you never know what's going to work until you start editing. So something might sound amazing, but you put it to picture and it doesn't work in right. vice versa. So, um, but, but I did have a lot of time starting early to experiment, which we needed because it's such a complex film that um, we all needed a lot of time to get to grips with the edit and the music as well. So that was good. And then similarly on Fate, I came on board quite early when they were still shooting part of it and they had started editing episode one. And again, that was brilliant because I got to spend the time just sketching lots and lots of ideas and seeing what's stuck in the edits. And I could give the editors a bunch of my music and they could start placing it as they were cutting. So mm -hmm. that avoids um, the traumatic experience of listening to guide music and having the director say, I love that guide music and I want you to copy it. Yeah, <laughs> so, so yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I feel like it would be kind of a, it would be interesting, I, I guess, coming in on a project like that and to have perhaps doing music for one scene, but then maybe seeing it end up in another and it could, you know, work just as well, if not better. And so I think that's maybe, you know, maybe as an artist that could, you know, kind of pull you uh, slightly, but I feel like that could be kind of a interesting outcome as well. Uh, totally. I, I, I think some musicians are a bit precious about that, but I actually really love the collaboration between myself and the editor or the director. Um, and I do love to, send ideas to the editor and if I'm not scoring straight to picture I'll say look you know just try things and if you need stems let's just try things and then tell me what you think is working and I will um develop that and create variations because I do think film and tv is a collaborative experience um for everybody and it's as a composer you have to remember it's not yours you know <laughs> it is you're part of a whole um and it's different to creating your own album where, you know, you own it completely. But I think with film and television, um, you have to, to be mindful that the director really does have last say it's his or her baby. And you're there to provide, um, something, something beautiful for them, but it, you know, ultimately a service in a way, in a crass kind of way. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah. So I do like the collaboration between, yeah. between that. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, it's so nice talking to you. And I mean, there are just kind of countless things we could talk about. Um, but is there anything else in particular that I haven't touched on, perhaps anything else recent or anything else coming up that you'd like to discuss that I haven't brought up or have, have I no, gotten not really. I have I think, big ones? I think, yeah, no, that's what you've um, asked me is great. And okay. uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, no, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, as I've said before, you know, I have really enjoyed your music and, you know, a lot of these projects have really uh, stuck with me. And so, yeah, it's it's been so nice chatting with you and I oh, hope we, we could chat again sometime down the line. No, that would be great on the next Bart Layton film, maybe. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, no, that would be great. It was really nice to chat to you as well. well thank you so much. Um yeah. And, uh, yeah, please, you know, please stay safe and, and take care. Okay. You know I mean? I, these I these are crazy times. So I know, I know. Thanks. And you too. Are, are you coping? All right. Are you just sort of stuck at home and, uh, yeah, I mean, coping, I mean, I guess is the best as we can, you know, I, I, yeah. I mean, our, our area is, you know, most people seem to be taking it quite seriously, thankfully. And so, you know, able to, to go out sometimes for, you know, for work or this or that, but, 
yeah, coping, coping as best I can. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so. I know it's crazy. I mean, I'm just hoping the vaccination will help. The vaccine will just get people out again. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Let's cross our fingers. Cross. Yeah, our fingers. exactly. <laughs> uh, well. All right, everybody. I think that is about it for the show this week. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on your way out. Thank you so much. You can also follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at The Music Buds. Check out themusicbuds.com. And yeah, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And we'll see you next time.